Welcome, this is the Change Creator Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast show. This is your host, Adam Force. Um, just in case you missed it last week, we spoke with Maureen Dunn. She is combating poverty with ethical fashion. We're seeing more and more of these ethical fashion companies pop up because this is a major industry and it has major problems that need to be solved. So we are reinventing how to do fashion. Um, but this conversation, you know, she's in her earlier years and there's a lot of good insights for anyone starting a business, anybody in the e-commerce space, all that good stuff. And then of course the fashion space particularly. So if you missed it, go back, check out what Maureen has to say. Some really good stuff in there, guys. This week we are going to be talking with Michelle Ward. All right. So um, she is a coach and she helps hundreds of women discover how to launch and basically live their most authentic and fulfilling lives through the businesses that they create. Uh, she has survived cancer twice, and she's graduated from the International Coach Academy. She's done thousands among thousands of hours of coaching. She knows what it takes to build a business. She even has a program on her site about getting started and launching your business in 90 days. And I know people get anxious and they want to get through these things, but Michelle is full of energy and excitement and experience and knowledge. So this is a fun conversation that we're going to have. And she is an inspirational person that we can learn a lot from. So hang on tight. We're going to jump into that discussion in just a minute. So just a heads up for anybody that hasn't caught it yet, we released our latest edition of Change Creator Magazine with Timothy Sykes and Brian Hill. This is a killer edition. Timothy Sykes is a penny stock multimillionaire using that money, those skills to fund social change. He's combating uh, and fighting for animal rights um, and he's already built 45 schools for kids in need. Brian Hill is disrupting the prison industry. These guys have a ton of insight to share. So dig into that magazine. It's, it's released now on iTunes and Google Play. It's in the app. It's on our website on the desktop reader. So you guys can check that out. Um, leave us a review, guys. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to dive into this conversation with Michelle and see what she has to say. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, you're welcome. Um, so I love your story and I love everything you're doing. And I think there's just a lot that our audience can uh, learn from what you're doing. And I just want to start off, uh, what are you working on these days? What's going on in your life and your business? Can you just yeah. tell us the, the latest status? Yeah, I feel like um, I have one big thing in my personal life, which is that my four and a half year old is going to go to kindergarten next year. Um, and we have a magnet school system in our town and I have to tour six schools and put in a prioritized list of where I want my kid to go. So that is kind of taking over our lives right now. Um, so that's solid, solidly like our one personal thing. And then professionally, I'm working behind the scenes to take my Discover Your Dream business program that I have run um, for the past few years, make it on demand, um, make it still with a live component and drop the price. Um, and I will be putting that out into the world, I believe on April 22nd. So I am really uh, focusing there on on um, revising uh, the program. So it works really well in that format. I'm super psyched about it. Sounds exciting. Awesome. Yeah. 
Um, and you said, uh, how old was, uh, was it a daughter? Uh, yes, yes, my daughter. Yeah. She's, she's almost five. She'll be five in May. Awesome. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Lots of changes. Lots of changes. A new entrepreneur maybe coming into the, <laughs> you know, there's one of the schools kind of sold me cause they're like, when she gets into, you know, third grade, she could sign up for the young entrepreneurs yeah. club. And I was like, yep, this school, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it, how it works. Whatever she wants though is fine. Whatever she wants is fine. Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, now you, you have an interesting background where you made, you know, a big transition into becoming an entrepreneur yourself. So I think it's always good to just hear how that happened. Like take us, you know, as Russell Brunson calls it across the epiphany bridge for that moment. Oh, sure. Oh, I like the epiphany bridge. Awesome. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. I what? like to call it, I like to call it instead sometimes like, my breaking point moment or my oh crap balls journey, uh, which is really how, how it felt because I was one of those annoying kids that you would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up when I was, you know, eight, nine, 10, 15, 20. And I had the same answer, which was to be on Broadway and be a performer. So I chased that dream of mine to be a musical theater performer as my career like for, I don't know, 20 years. Um, I went yeah. to NYU. I went to Tisch School of the Arts. I got my BFA. Um, I did, you know, a nice amount of mm, glamorous and not so glamorous jobs, you know, on cruise ships and extra on Saturday Night Live and middle of nowhere, New Hampshire for summer stock. And it was really my, my mid to late 20s that I finally came to terms with the fact that I love performing, but I did not love the business of show business. And I did not want to make it my career anymore for a variety of reasons, um, all pretty obvious. And so I set out to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, even though I was like 28 or whatever. And I would tell people, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And they would laugh. And I would feel like, no, it's really real. Someone needs to help me. And I think even though uh, this is just such an American societal thing, I think we're really we're really conditioned um, to feel that work is work, and as long as you have a paycheck that pays your bills and you have the benefits, like just put up and shut up, and you should be happy. Um, and I had I was kind of taught that from a young age because my dad would come home from work and we would say to him, you know, how is work? And he would say, well, it's called work because it's not play, but I guess I have to go back tomorrow so that we could eat. Um, so I must have <laughs> rebelled against that because here I was pursuing a career in something I was super passionate about. And for me, it was really unacceptable to go look at, you know, the next 40 years of work until I could retire and just find something that was fine or just find something that would pay the bills when, you know, so much more of my life was going to be devoted to working. Uh, it just wasn't acceptable to me. And so I set out to find my quote unquote grown up job. Um, and I really wanted something that was quote unquote safe, quote unquote stable, right? And I put them in quote because I don't believe that anymore, that those traditional jobs are safe and stable. I feel that my mm -hmm. business right now is more stable than if my job was at the hands of someone else. Um, but back then, I didn't, I didn't know that or believe that. Um, and I was hoping, you know, why can't I just want to be an accountant? Why can't I just <laughs> love being a lawyer? Um, I, had a, I, I came to terms first with the fact that I wasn't going to be happy unless I was an entrepreneur. And that was really my oh crap balls moment because I knew that was hard. And I just pursued acting, um, you know, professionally and full time for, you know, five years or whatever since college. And I was like, oh, I wanted something easier. Um, but it meant so much to me that I said, okay, 
well, I know I want to be an entrepreneur. So now what business am, am I starting? And it felt even worse because what got me excited was thinking of being the career coach that I needed at the time because I could not find someone that really understood a creative person that didn't want like a traditional linear career. I picked up What Colors Your Parachute during this time. And I was doing it along with my best friend. And she finished the book and she's like, yes, I know now that I want this particular niche of marketing. Like It worked for her so specifically. And for me, I threw the book across the room after the first three exercises. Like It, it did not speak to me at all. I was so frustrated. <laughs> it was not written for someone like me. Um, and, and I decided the way I want to become this this coach uh, that I needed, this this creative career coach, was to get my life coaching certification, which also felt like oh crap balls because back in 2007, you people hear life coach. I think they this is still kind of the stigma a little bit, um, but not as much. Uh, they think, you know, crystals and I, you know, braid my leg hair and I'm going to read their aura. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. And I have a crystal in my bra right now because this is who I've become. But back then I was like, no, people are going to think this thing of me. Um, but I got over it and knew this is what I need. This really feels like it lights me up and let me find my way. Um, so right. I started my business officially in 2008. Um, I worked a day job for two years and seven months while I got my certification and built my business. And I quit in March of 2010 in the middle of the recession to be the one I grow up coach of all stupid and silly things to do. And amen and hallelujah, it worked and I never had a look back. Nice. I love it. <laughs> so, so one of the questions that came to my mind is, well, I get the idea of like, yeah, this, this path is not my, my life. So I'm going to make a change, mm. right? Mm. Um, but what about entrepreneurship was enticing to you? Like, how do you do, how do you talk about that? What are yeah. your feelings about that? Yeah. You know, I think that there's a part of, um, you know, being an actor, pursuing any sort of creative profession in that way where you are an entrepreneur. No one really talks to you about it like that, but you have to learn to sell yourself in order to get the jobs that you want and need. Um, so I think that in the back of my mind, I've kind of had, I knew I had this great communication skill set. I knew I had this great relationship building skill set. I knew I had this great sales background. And um, my breaking point moment really came when I knew I wasn't pursuing acting anymore, but I kind of hadn't really come to terms with it. Like I was still getting, you know, backstage newspaper, which has all the auditions and I would put them in my file effects because that's how long ago we were talking about. Um, but I just wouldn't go like for a year, I would put all the auditions in and then I just wouldn't go. Um, but I got my first, you know, grown up job um, because I, I had had a job in real estate during this time while I was still pursuing acting. And, the, and then that didn't work out after two years. And I got all these sales jobs that didn't work out for a variety of reasons. But I knew that I was a, I was a really good salesperson. And what I cared about was helping my client find their solution, right? I felt like I was one of the only like trustworthy, honest real estate agents in New York City at the time. I really wanted to help my client find their dream home. And it makes sense now with the work that I do that I help these highly creative, multi-passionate women find their dream businesses and launch them and, and make them work. Um, but back then I was like, I don't want these sales jobs 
let me find something more grown up. And I yep. thought I found my dream job. On paper, it was exactly right. It utilized my whole skill set. It was in this really cool area of New York City. It was in NoHo. There were a lot of young people. It wasn't a startup, but like it felt that way. And you could go to work in your pajamas. And um, it was great. And my manager was verbally abusive. He was a huge bully. He made me psychosomatic. And probably about a year into the job, I was on the subway in New York City. Um, I lived at the time uptown and I was going all the way downtown. And I had to run off the train in the Union Square subway stop during rush hour, which was one of the most crowded subway stops in the city, but especially crowded then. I had a dry heave into the trash can with like hundreds, if not thousands of people all around me. And the job, the job had such a psychological hold on me that I wound up not even saying, okay, well, I'm just going to go back home and call in sick. I, I said, well, I have to go into the office and get my laptop and get my BlackBerry because that's how long ago this was, and then tell them that I'm working from home. And I did. I walked, I walked above ground. I walked the 20 blocks to my office. I told my colleagues who were great um, about, oh my gosh, I just pretty much puked on the subway. I got to go home. Um, And I left. And the second that I walked out the door to head home, I felt fine. And I knew I had to get myself out of that situation. Um, And for me, it was like, this was just the string in a long line of horrible business owners that I worked for or managers that I had. And I went, you know what, (laughs) you know, the, 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 um, commonality here, like is me. (laughs) And I can't keep blaming this on all the managers, even though for a lot of them, I I could, because they were awful. Like I cannot find this dream environment or I found this dream environment and I found this dream job, but like the culture's horrible and this manager was able to get away with whatever he wanted. Um, and that was just not acceptable to me. So it had to really, I had to really come to terms with, I'm not going to be happy unless I work for for myself. Okay. Now let's figure out what that looks like. So there's a, a better sense of control and freedom, those types of yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Although I tell my clients now, um, because people ask me sometimes, how do I know I'm ready? And am I ready? And is it, oh, what I want? And I say, you know what? I feel like anyone could be an entrepreneur. It's just choosing what sort of stress you prefer because things are not, even though things on the internet are presented with like rainbows and flowers and balloons. And if you call me a girl boss or a boss babe, I'm going to throw up. Um, but that's what, that's what a lot of the, the women, you know, who find me kind of see and follow the glitter and the, it's not, it's not that you just have to decide whether or not you prefer the stress of someone else telling you what to do and when to do it and checking in with them and, and whatnot. Um, but you get a paycheck of a determined amount every other week and you get your benefits and you get you know these other pieces. For me, I prefer the stress of, I don't know when my next paycheck is coming and I don't know and I got to hustle and, and whatever. I prefer that because I prioritize I'm in control. It's my freedom. It's my schedule. I want to say yes or no to the clients. I want to decide on what I'm working on. Yeah. And that that's a prior, prioritization for me. And like, if you, if you choose that stress level, then and if you prefer that stress, then you're ready to be an entrepreneur. A hundred percent. I don't think there's some like magic skill set or personality trait you're born with or could like, no, everyone could do it if that's what you want. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, le- a level of comfort in that yeah. can happen. There's this established 
path. Um, you know, okay, I, I I know that people create resumes and I know that people get jobs and they go to work to nine to five. This is normal. And mm-hmm. I know it works. I know mm-hmm. people all around the world do this. And if I, I know I can go ahead and I can figure out, all right, I'll make a resume and I'll submit it and do interviews and get a job. Yeah. So like you feel comfort in that, you know, it's a system that works. Right. But then if you think about doing something for yourself, that's not that pattern or that system, you're like, it's unknown. It's uncharted territory. So it's like scary. And it's like, well, what yes. if it doesn't work? How do I do this? What makes yes. it work? Where does the money come from if it's not from an employer? Like, it's just, it's a little bit of this like dark void of unknown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially if that's not how you grew up and that's not what you're exposed yes. to. Yes. Um, I know when I, when I decided let's be a life coach and I was at the point where I was switching jobs all the time and my friends back then who are not my friends now, it's worth noting. <laughs> they rarely, I think, are. Um, when I've worked with clients on this journey and, and talked to my, I call them my friendlings, my friends who are my colleagues, like, um, you know, the people who don't get it or the people who don't support it or the people who want to put their own, you know, let's use a life coach phrase, that put their own limiting beliefs on you. Like they, they, it's very, I didn't have any, any friends who were, entrepreneurs who wanted to do this, I got a lot of like, so what do you want to do now? Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't, even though my, my father actually owned his business, but he, he inherited it from his dad and like, didn't really, it wasn't something that he felt passionate about. He sold like picture framing supplies. So it wasn't a, a, a similar thing, but, um, it really felt like, I'm going into the unknown. No one's going to get what I'm doing. I yep. look like I'm flaky and crazy. And, you know, I'm someone who, despite the acting background, um, was, you know, teacher's pet and honor roll student. And like, I, there is a certain identity piece that I really had to shift. And I warned my clients about that. You know, I have a, I have a year long program that I just launched this year and we're a few months into it now. And I'm, I'm telling, I'm reminding these women at all points in the, especially in the discovery phase, like this isn't just, let's go start a business. This is a huge identity shift because you see yourself and you know yourself because we are grownups, right? This is solidly half of the reason why I named myself the one I grow up coach. It's not only what do I want to be, what do I want to do when I grow up? It's I am a grown up. I have grown up needs and values and priorities that I want to meet. Um, and we know ourselves in this certain light and being able to say, Hi, you're a business owner now. And they'll say, No, 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 Michelle, I'm not a business owner now. I haven't started. Any- and I make them, you know, it's like week five or six. I make them craft an offer and work with a guinea pig client. Yeah. And I do this and discover your dream business too. And they're like, no, 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 I can't do But I don't have a website and I don't have, and I have a, no, you're going to do it. And here you are. Um, and they get money for it. And that's okay. Now you're, because you need to start seeing yourself as a business owner. And that's going to be the biggest shift. Um, and it's huge. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back too, is that this isn't just, Oh, let's go find a bit. Oh, let's go. You're a business owner and you're, and you're claiming probably this title of something you're working on that may or may not be connected to who you have been professionally. And that's really uncomfortable too, not to gender stereotype, I think, but especially for women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. And I, I think that, you know, something that, a lot of people get stuck in is they start doing all this stuff and 
not only are they doing it in the wrong order, um, but they do a lot of work and they feel almost uncomfortable charging people money when uh-huh. they're not fully established as like, I'm yes. not a big brand. I can't. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're doing a hobby, not a business. And right. break down this mental barrier around the money factor and asking. <sighs> so much so. But here's what I found because when I started doing this work and, and forcing my clients to get their guinea pig clients, um, I didn't force them to charge. And what I found was that a, when they're not getting paid, it doesn't really feel real. Like there's just, I feel like a switch that turns on once they get money (laughs) on both sides, on both sides of the table. So for them, they're really, they take it seriously and they're delivering and, um, they see it. Okay. Well now what's my process and what are the results? And now this, oh my gosh, person's paying me money. And the client is more likely to show up. So I have had clients that fight me on this and no, 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 but this is sometimes they're guinea pig client will be their sister. And I'd be like, okay, we'll get some money from your sister. No, I can't pay her. I said, she will ghost you. She will ghost you. There is at least like, I would say a 50 to 70% chance. If someone is not paying you, they don't see the value in what you're doing. And in 2019, when everyone is juggling a million balls in the air and is overwhelmed and has all these things to do, they are not going to prioritize your work if they are not paying you for it. So you got to charge your sister something. And I have a feeling she's going to be happy to pay you. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And, um, you know, being guilty, like been down this road, like this yeah. is my second business. And I, we've been down in the road of like, you know, doing a lot of service trades um, mm. with people to, you know, and there, there is a place for that. Right. But yes. it comes down to a point where you're like, holy crap, like we got to start making money. <laughs> oh, and that's, yeah. and that's it. Right. I mean, that's it. Uh, you know, if I didn't get paid what I get paid from my business, then I'd have to go get a corporate job. And not only would that be horrible for me because I'm not living my life the way I want to. And and I'm I'm a two-time breast cancer survivor. So for me, it's not about living for retirement. I cannot cannot do that. I cannot be that person that's like, oh yeah, I'll just go do this thing. But I get, for me, the the change that I want to make in my clients' lives um, is not only to allow them to reach their lifestyle goals and dreams like in real time and <laughs> what they want for themselves now, not what they want in retirement. Um, but to have them really believe that they can make a grown up living doing work they love. And I think the change that happens in the world, this beautiful ripple effect is that when my clients really focus on making their work into something that makes them feel fulfilled and makes them feel valued. And it's probably something they're passionate about. Although sometimes I have issues with that word passion because it creates these different um, feelings and people. Yeah. So, but if, but when they're focused on the thing they do best, the thing that they love, the thing that feels good for them, that is just a beautiful ripple effect out into the world. And that's where we create big change. Even if you're working one-on-one with somebody. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I, I, I think that's such an important point for people. And mm. that's what it's all like, I, there's a major shift taking place in just the culture of business. Yeah. And I think we're seeing more of this. We're seeing more of people. I love what Jay Shetty, we interviewed Jay Shetty and he said, people aren't getting burned out because they're working too much. It's because they're getting burned out because they're doing a lot of work that doesn't mean anything to them. Oh, I love that. It's exactly (laughs) right. It's exactly right. And you know, I have some clients that come to me almost apologetically and they go, 
my job is fine. I like the people that I work with. Maybe <laughs> like I just got a raise, but I feel really guilty. I'm just not happy. This work doesn't mean anything to me. And I'm like, you're allowed to get out. You're allowed to say, this isn't how I want to spend my time. And I always say that the simplification of what I do is to allow my clients to hopefully somewhere in the near future, wake up in the morning during the week and open their eyes and think of the day that they had it, have ahead of them and go, I am really looking forward to at least 70% of this day. Because we're all going to have to go to the bank and pay our taxes and go do the laundry and things that we might not you know, want to do. But when you think of what are you working on? Who are you spending time with? Where are you working? What are you doing? You're going, oh yeah, I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Right. 100%. And and for whatever reason, we deny ourselves that. No, no, no. That's not what it's supposed to be. I, well, there's, I mean, think about how many years of conditioning is there for a particular oh, format. Oh, I mean, forever. it's hard to break away from that. Yes. And, you know, I think this transition that's happening, and that's obviously what Change Creator is all about. We're pushing the shift in the culture of business. And I think you're mm-hmm. doing it with your coaching at the same time um, because it's kind of like, it's. I almost feel like there is no point of retirement. Retirement. Just, yeah. just live your life, like live your right. life in a way that you're just doing something that is who you are. That's yeah. it. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a hard concept for people to wrap their head around. I know I got work and then I have my, my, you know, my life. No, yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I remember probably about, oh my gosh, I'm nine years into this business full time. And probably about five years ago, my dad was visiting um, from Florida and he was talking. I think, I think my husband's mother was there too. And, and they were talking in our living room and he was telling her about how one of his good friends had just passed away um, from maybe like some aggressive cancer. And he had found out that he was sick like two months earlier and within a matter of weeks, he was dead. And my father said, you know what? It's just not fair. You work so hard your whole life. He finally retired two years ago and then you're dead. This isn't what's supposed to happen. And I remember just, I didn't say it out loud, but I said it to myself. I'm like, yeah, this is why I have my business. (laughs) This is why I'm doing work that I love and and my work um, helps and inspires and empowers and guides women to do the work that they love because yeah. that's how we make the biggest impact in our in our lives and the lives of others in the time that we have here because we could all, you know, not to be morbid, but we could all go and be hit by a truck tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. So tell me a little bit about how you're helping women. Yeah. So the women that I work with um, usually identify as being highly creative, as being multi-passionate. They're super smart, externally successful women who are really motivated to discover, launch, and or build and boost their dream businesses. So I work with them through each of those phases of their business, really kind of years like zero through five. Um, and I and I have different programs that meet them right where they are, depending on what they need to work on and yeah. how they need to work. So um, I've been, oh my gosh, just great, grateful. And I'm still pinching myself that I can't believe I, I've been doing this work for over a decade. And the clients that come to me are just sent from the heavens. Um, I'm so lucky to do the work that I do with, with the women who are so scared. 
had to do it. Scary, I'm yeah. not so scared, not necessarily ready. Um, it's not the perfect time, but they are looking in the mirror and just like I did and said, okay, I can't, I can't follow this path anymore. I need to change the path for myself. And I'm at least committed to seeing what that looks like for me. Um, that's what, that's what they're doing, uh, and signing up to work, work with me. And, um, you know, after doing this for 10 years, you know, checking up on business on, on the clients that I work with, you know, five years afterwards, six, seven, eight, one of my former clients who I worked with in 2010, um, just got on the third week of the New York times bestseller list for, um, for a book that she has just come out with. Um, her name is Esme Wang. She's amazing. And she wrote a book called The Collected Schizophrenics um, with, you know, part memoir and essay. And, you know, we just go, oh my God, oh my God, look what my clients are doing. Oh my God, it's <laughs> amazing. And she's just one of these like incredible success stories. Mm. Um, so I'm just blessed and, and grateful. And I'm helping them really believe they can make a grown up living with the business that they love. And that to me is everything. Yeah, that's amazing. So tell me how, um, how long did it take for you to become profitable? Yeah. Um, and, and then I'd like to understand how you are getting new clients, um, especially yeah. from the beginning. Cause that, that's where people get stuck. So I'd like to hear for sure. you could share with our audience. Like, I mean, it, it's tough, right? Getting those new leads, getting new yeah. clients, like what contributed to your, I guess, momentum in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was such a different landscape, Adam. I feel sometimes like I'm an internet business dinosaur because what I'll talk to you about what helped with my business first starting out like, like is never what I'm talking to my clients about now when <laughs> yeah. it comes to launching their business. Um, so we don't have to spend too much time there. But, you know, like I said earlier, I was in, I was in my job as an executive assistant a financial consultancy company, which still makes me laugh because it's just such a, it's such a funny match personality wise that that's where I landed. Um, but I side, I would, I checked in at nine, I checked out at six with the commute and my work hours. I was there 50 hours a week. Um, so really the first year, uh, almost two years it took for me to get my certification. Um, cause I also got engaged and married at that time. So it was, about 2009, the summer of 2009, I, I graduated from that program and said, okay, now it's time to like fully focus on marketing. Um, and I was able to work with clients. And uh, it was in December of 2009 that I said, once I get my bonus, which was the benefit of working in finance, even during the recession <laughs> in March, I have enough money saved because I was saving all my money. I essentially had a five-month severance I was going to give myself. I had my first professional website that was designed by an actual graphic and web designer. Um, and I was really proud of it. And I had new leads coming in the door and I had more people that wanted to work with me than I had time to work with. So that said, I was still only making like a thousand dollars a month in my business. Yeah. Um, January, February, March, I made like a thousand dollars each month in my business, but that was the time to jump. I knew for me, like, okay, I'm never going to be able to make the money that I need until I leave my job. Um, and the fact that I had this pretty much like seven months kind of runway uh, was amazing because I knew my five months severance could last that long if I really stretched it out and I made no money, which I wasn't expecting on doing. Right, right. Um, so my first full month as an entrepreneur was April 2010. I probably made like $2,000. And then in May, I think I launched like 
my first group program. And all of a sudden I made $4,000 that month. And then that became my, my baseline. And within my first full year of business, I had made my base salary that I made at my job. And I was floored in the middle of a recession, right? I was just really floored and proud. And, um, I attribute that a lot to, you know, the baby steps that I took. And I really do feel like baby steps build the strongest foundation, not to say that you can't get those results because my clients has, have schooled me with this over and over again. And now in hindsight, I'm able to help my, my clients and, um, you know, people who follow me and who are in my circle with like, here are the things. Here are the things you need to launch your job, launch your business, and leave your job in a way that is going to make you as comfortable and, co- and confident as possible. I didn't have me back then, so it took me a longer amount of time. Um, so with that, I, I met my vet, my base, my base salary the first full year in business. Um, then I got breast cancer the following year. Uh, mm. So everything kind of um, I made like the same amount of money. So it took about five years to get to the six-figure mark of my business. Now I'm in multi-six figures. Um, breast cancer came back again yeah. in 2015. So it was really... But again, like I didn't... My, 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 the money that I brought in for my business didn't take a dip. It remained steady. And I'm really proud of that uh, because obviously I had to scale back down on my work, but I still um, did work in the way that I was able to. Yeah, um, My work has really been you know, something I so look forward to and is my relief and my release that I really love doing that. Um, so I had a really big year last year. And so, you know, back in 2010, my clients were coming to me because of my blog, uh, cause blogs were a place that people would comment and make relationships and Twitter. And, yeah. um, you know, I took a blogging course where I wound up in a course full of creative women who are like, interior designers and graphic designers and makers. Um, and I was the creativity coach. I was the, the creative career coach. And so I would find clients from that. Um, I was able to make a connection through someone at Etsy back in 2009, I think. Yeah. Um, and I got a guest post on their blog and that brought a lot of people my way. So that, that was kind of at the beginning of my business, how I would get leads now. And for the last few years, um, I could say that referrals are huge for me. I could say that Google is huge for me because keeping an active blog and website for 10 years and (laughs) doing lots of guest posts and podcast interviews is a really good thing. Um, and then I started putting time and attention in Facebook ads. Um, and so I've been playing around with that and that's been helpful with new leads and podcasts too. Um, in terms of, clients coming in, a lot of times clients will, will tell me, I heard you on this podcast and I like <laughs> so many things that you said and like, let's go work together. And that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm curious um, what your, and you don't have to go too deep, but I'm curious about the model in the sense of revenue streams. Like if you're trading time for money in a sense, coaching, yeah. Right? Um, part of your business, if you're making multiple six figures, you, I have to imagine you have some automation. So where, what are the, 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 the products you offer that are the real revenue generators for a coaching model? Oh my gosh, Adam, I'm laughing because I really don't have that. Um, it's really interesting. I, I noticed quite a few years ago that people wanted to work with me personally <laughs> and they wanted... I launched programs over and over that were meant to like meet the masses 
and they just did not do well. Um, and so the programs that I offer, you know, discover your dream business. I'm retooling now to be more of an automation, but not lose that personalization and not lose those live calls and check-ins, not lose my eye and and what I see for my clients because I know how valuable that is. I, 10 times out of 10, can take what my clients are figuring out and go, oh yeah, this is what I see for you. And here it is. And here's like the one sentence we... And I go, oh my gosh, even though I'm the one that said that, I didn't even see that. Um, so, so I have... Um, I'm retooling that to be more of an automation and that will be on demand. And that's going to be a much lower price point than any other way you could work with me. Um, but otherwise, I have a one-on-one program called 90 Day Business Launch um, that is, it does exactly what it promises. Um, and that's been something that I've run for two and a half years, but I started running it with a, with a, a friend league of mine. Um, and we ran it together for about a year and a half. And she said to me at the end of last year, um, I have to, I have to bow out and I, I retooled it. Um, so I could do it on my own and that has taken off like crazy. I cannot keep these spots cause it's, it's, I only have the bandwidth so much. So I only do right. two a month. Um, and two month. I, okay. two a month, two a month. Um, so I have the 90 day business plan. I have a six month mastermind called build your client base, which I only allow, um, up to 20 women in, um, and that is for women who already are working in their dream business but want to really elevate things. Um, I also have a program called Boost Your Dream Business. And so that is a similar um, outcome, but it is one-on-one. Uh, and then I have my year-long business called Dream to Done, uh, which is 11 months of clarity launching and building your dream business. So it's almost like my three programs kind of all <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Um, and though, and those are, you know, how the money comes in. So it's really heavily rooted in these programs. Um, and you know, they're, they're, uh, it's a, it's a, pretty sizable investment for someone. And so I think that's also part of the reason why I get the results that I do because people, put up in in variety of ways and show up yeah. and follow through and make that commitment and treat it really seriously. And it's uh it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think that does make a difference. You can't be afraid to charge for the value that you're offering. And yeah. you know, people when they invest, they do take it more seriously. You know, you do mm-hmm. something free or for a hundred bucks and it's like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. You charge them a right. or two thousand, that gets a little bit more. You know, it's it makes exactly. It exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, we're just about out of time here, but yeah. where can people find you, learn more, all that good stuff? Yeah. Um, everyone should head to whenigrowcoach.com. Uh, you'll see everything that, that you need. Um, and you'll also see my links to get to Instagram, to get to Facebook, where I'm active in social media is Instagram for sure. And then I have a private Facebook group that you could get access to if you sign up for my newsletter anywhere on my site. Um, the first email you'll get is like, here's how to how to join our Facebook group. Uh, and if you're interested in the Discover Your Dream business, because there will be an early bird special, I think from April 22nd through the end of the month, um, you could go to whenigrowupcoach.com slash discover. And if we're before April 22nd, just put yourself on the list and you'll get notified as soon as it opens. 
Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and I, uh, and sharing your amazing story and experience. Thank you, Adam. This is great. All right. We'll talk soon. That's okay, all awesome. for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. Oh, 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 o